0: This is episode 17. In this episode, you'll meet Javier and Joanna. They share with us how they support a family and run a business across a border. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, hello, bienvenidos. I'm Giselle Martin and this is Relate and Elevate. A podcast with conversations of cultural identity and entrepreneurship. Join me to hear stories from entrepreneurs of different cultures and identities. I believe consumers want to support businesses and organizations that they relate to because it gives them a sense of community. I know it does for me. Also, my daughter will join me once a month to talk about the kid entrepreneur perspective. So subscribe to Relate and Elevate to learn more about closing the cultural gaps in the marketplace. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Relate and Elevate. And I'm here with two very special guests. My first recording from someone that's in a different country. So would you like to introduce yourselves?
1: Hey, everybody. My name is Javier. Uh, he called me Deported Artist um, from Tijuana. Uh, I was raised in, in Oakland, California, but find myself back here in TJ at the moment.
2: And I'm Joanna from Hijas del Maiz as well. So I have Joanna
0: from Hijas del Maiz and Javier, the Deported Artist, here. And I'm very excited and also a little bit nervous because this is probably going to make me very emotional. <laughs> So, <laughs> it's just I'm just putting that out there, people, and it's going to happen. <laughs> First, I want to do a little icebreaker to get uh, to know the two of you better. And these are questions that I did not share with all of you, just because I like to keep it a little surprise. What is your favorite food? Tacos. It's, uh, Italian food. <laughs> what kind of, like, what dish of Italian food?
2: um i like ferrucini alfredo and ricattoni mm. yeah. she likes tacos too i like tacos too but that's not my favorite food <laughs> <laughs> everybody likes tacos <laughs> yes <laughs> what's
0: your favorite color
1: it's red black white turquoise i have a bunch of different colors i like he likes the rainbow obviously
0: well yeah i mean you're an artist it's kind yeah. of yeah <laughs> yeah. i like black and red yeah well okay javier what color do you like to wear how about that
1: you know what uh i like to think that i dress colorful but for some reason i'm always dressing in black oh, okay. <laughs> everybody's like you're going to a funeral or what
0: <laughs> <laughs> what's the most recent book you've read
1: uh the or well, the most uh, recent book that i read uh it's uh i think we will rise
0: we will rise
1: yes it's by uh curly grapple Tlopole- yeah uh, something like that it's, uh, it's kind of hard to pronounce the name
0: what's it about or, or what did you, what was the message
1: um it's a you know it is a, it's a very good book i recommend it to uh to people It's about, uh, so it talks about a history, a little bit of political uh, stuff in it. It really got me to see, um, to study in a different way. Like it it really opened my eyes and really got me to really go out there and investigate my sources and, and look and question everything that I read. And, you know, just be, Uh, you know, just pretty much just question everything. It it deals with a lot of of different subjects. I think that, I think uh, people rather, like, it makes people uncomfortable to tell you the truth. You know, like, people, you bring it up and people like rather not talk about it. But, I mean, I think at at some point or another, we all got to face those things, you know, so... And it's a good book. I recommend it to people.
0: Yeah, sounds interesting. I know what you mean about not wanting to face things and accept things, but we have to in order to move through them. Yeah. Yes. What about you, Joanna?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think the last book I read, because I don't really have a lot of time, um, was that book that you told me if I, before. Agreements. Agreement. Yeah, the four agreements. I oh, love wow, that was, like, That's a yeah.
1: really
2: It was. He kept on bugging me to read it, and I finally found some time, and I did read it, and I did like it. I actually want to read it again. Uh, you know what? That's, I've read it like four times. Yeah, <laughs> I want to read it's it so again because I know that sometimes we just read things and we don't really look into what we're reading, you know. And sometimes we, it's just like a movie. We do it again, and then we can find other things in there that might we might connect with. So yeah, I did like it a, a lot.
0: Yeah, every time I read it I'm like, "Oh, and
2: oh, Now I get it." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. And actually I just got a book from Buklandia, but my sister took it for me, so that's the next book that I want to read.
0: You know that he has more books? He has Yes. That, uh-huh. The Four Agreements, I read that one. Then there's like uh-huh. this relationship book, I read that one. Then there's another one called like The Tree of Knowledge. I read that one. The one that I haven't read is The Fifth Agreement. I
2: haven't read that I one. just saw that one. Yeah, I just saw that we were um, out fighting on Sunday, and we saw that one. But I want to read the, the one first again.
0: Yeah, I love it. Okay, if you can meet one person, dead or alive, who would that be?
1: I'm, I'm all into history, right? So I think I would take it back, I don't know, to like the time of um, the pre-Columbian times maybe made me like uh craft somebody <laughs> hmm.
2: for me it would be uh my great grandmother who I named my daughter after her name was uh Julia my daughter's name is Juliana, but my grandfather used to my great grandfather used to call her that I want to know more about my family history. I've heard bits and pieces here and there but I wanna I want, would want to speak to her.
0: Yeah. A lot of people say that they want to meet someone in their past family, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's good to, it feels good to have a connection, you know, over the past.
2: I did I did meet her. I was lucky enough to meet her, but I met her in her earlier age. Well, yeah, like maybe I only uh, was able to talk to her and see her when she was already in um, the last couple stages of her life, and we didn't really talk about, you know, about history or her mom's name or stuff because you know the memory's not that well anymore mm-hmm. but I did get to meet her and hear stories here and there mm.
0: well that's nice yeah so what's the last song you listened to?
1: well I'm in Mexico so it's like a lot of corridos over here I don't know uh-huh. uh, I think the last one that I put on was like <laughs> uh,
2: the last one I heard that I, we wanted to listen to more. Like you said, we're over here in Mexico, and um, Netflix over here has different series
0: mm. than they
2: have over there. And they actually have a documentary by Nikki Jam about oh, his life story and stuff. So I wanted to hear, I mean, I used to hear him when I was, when I was younger, um, when he was com- barely coming up. And um, I wanted to hear those songs again, so I was listening to all those songs, como la de Yo No Soy Tu Marido. Mm. Yeah, so I was. we were listening to it the other day. Yeah, I don't think I've heard that. Yeah, <laughs> that's right in the beginning, the beginning day.
0: Okay, one last question. Tell us something that only a handful of people know about you.
1: I would say it's only a handful of people that know about my incarceration. Uh, I was incarcerated for, for a while. Out here, like... You know, I i try to you know not tell people because they tend to look at you different
0: mm. you know uh,
1: you know being in mexico you know uh, the first thing that people think when you're deported is like oh yeah he's uh been in prison and of course i fit into the stereotype and yes i i've been in prison but it's like
0: mm.
1: people tend to judge a lot
0: yeah
1: i try not to I try not to put it out there too much. I don't want people prejudging me for something I did in the past.
2: Yeah, that's difficult. For me, um, now in the last couple, I want to say three years, it's the same thing. Only uh, now because of Instagram and because of us having the store, people know about him. But before, only a couple people I would tell. Because of course, like you said, people judge and right away, you're wasting your time. Um, when he comes out, he's not going to be with you anymore. You could do so much better. So, yeah, that was one thing that was very hard. And then mm-hmm. only a couple of people knew. And yes. then um, a couple of people, When sometimes in some instances, even now, um, since I work at the school, when I tell people, oh, well, he's, you know, they'll ask me, oh, well, you need to go because your husband, you know, he's going to get mad because we're still here in the meetings or whatever. And I'm like, no, it's okay. My husband's not here. He's, you know, on the other side, he's deported they will be like what they they can't believe it because I excuse me, I post a lot of pictures of of us mm-hmm. on Facebook and stuff, so they think that he's over there, but no
0: yeah, so still even now, a lot of people don't know, mm-hmm. you know, can yes. you share a little bit about your current situation and your story? I don't think like I know because you <laughs> told me before, but yeah. before we get into the uh, questions and talking about your cultural identity and your businesses um can you just share a little bit about your story?
1: Sometimes uh, it, it's weird because, you know, I was born here at Tijuana. Um, I, was, I was raised in, in Oakland. My mom took me to Oakland when I was, I was like a couple months old. I was like maybe seven months old. Uh, when my mom took me, uh, you know, across the border. And being raised over there, uh, you know, I spoke English. I mean, I spoke Spanish first at home first and foremost. So uh, growing up in Oakland, I think everybody was more into English and they could hear my accent, you know. So as as a young kid, they would like, they would like tease me, you know, and call me paisa, uh, this and that, you know. And then um, it's funny because now that I'm over here, it's like, oh, you're not a real Mexican, you know, you're a pocho you know um i don't know if you ever seen that old school uh movie by india maria que se llama ni de aquí ni de allá uh, sometimes that's how i feel you know um uh, i've always considered myself Mexican, of course but i mean I, I, i'm from oakland you know i was that that's all i know you know I've, I've been there my whole life you know i got into trouble um when growing up I, I, there was a point in my life where you know where I was um you know getting into trouble um over some life events that happened in my life, and it kind of like got me not caring about my situation, so I made some mistakes. I ended up in prison for on my first offense, I ended up getting sentenced to twelve years. Um, in state prison, you know, so I kind of like, it was a big, it was a big, um, it was a big moment in my life. You know, it was like, I came to that point where I was like, really had to question what I was doing, where I was going, you know, what I was going to do when I get out. You know, I had a lot of time to think and just being in there in general, you know, I had a lot of time to read. Um... I educated myself. I took advantage of you know any programs that they had to offer. I got I got my G.D. You know I got um you know some certif- uh electric, electrician certificates. Um, I worked for Cal Fire for a little bit. I did three fire seasons with uh with Cal Fire. You know, um, I learned how to draw in there, and I did some tattooing. So that kind of got me you know um interested as far as being an artist and being in there you know I had a lot of time to think and I was like what am I gonna do when uh you know when I get released you know what am I gonna do for money what am I gonna do how am I gonna survive in a totally different you know environment and it's gonna be a drastic change from you know being locked up for 11 years so uh, my vision was like, you know what, um, I'm going to be in Tijuana. I'm going to be close to the border. Um, I'm going to have my wife supporting me. She's going to be you know, coming back and forth. So, you know, I always had this vision that <clears throat> we could kind of do like um, exports and things from over here. Like some bring some culture from here, from Tijuana, and take it back to the Bay, you know. Um, I started painting and at first, you know, it was just like more as a hobby On my wife found me my first, you know, set of paint, I started painting. I didn't think they were going to sell, but, uh, little by little, they started selling. So, um, I just started kind of like branching out into, went from, you know, drawing to tattooing, to, to painting. And that's what I've been doing. Uh, Ever since, uh, how long? Two years.
2: Two years.
0: Joanna, what about you? What's your role in
2: this whole situation? My role, I'm the business manager. (laughs) At first, I didn't know he was going to be deported. Once, in one of the visits, he told me. And I was like, no, you know, things can happen and this and that, me still thinking. So the year that he um, was released, um, he was deported and it was really hard going back and forth. Um, the first year that I came, he was released in November. Um, I wasn't able to come till December. And it was really hard for me to leave my kids, even though they were all, the youngest was 16. Um, it was really hard for me to leave them on Christmas Day. And I surprised him because I didn't want him to spend his first Christmas by himself. And you know, as being Latinos, the 24th is Mexi- uh, the, the traditional Christmas Day for us. So I spent Christmas Day with my kids and then Christmas Day Day, 25th Medina, I came over here with him, surprised them, And once I was ready to leave, then it was hard to leave. It was a really hard experience because I was stuck in the middle, my, my kids and him. And it was really hard, but I kept on trying to come back and forth. I saw how it wasn't so hard to get over here and I was gonna find my way. I was determined to find my way. Um, I started, I've always worn, my traditional shirts at school or work um, meetings that I've gone to and start people started asking. Me. And then I told them, I was like, look, I want to get some more stuff, but, um, but we need to find somewhere to, to buy him. And, um, one time he, we went to this, uh, mercado and, and we found, we started talking to this lady and I told her that I wanted to buy stuff from her, but in bulk. And I started, one of my suitcases ended up being one of the shirt suitcases. And that's how I started bringing stuff over there. Um, then I heard uh, I had my friend Kathy. I knew she was doing pop-ups because I went and I um I went in and to one of the events that she was working in at the pop-ups and and I told her one of these days you know you should let me know and I'll probably come. And she was like, Yeah, there's gonna be one. Um, you should come and. I had told my husband, but he never thought his paintings were going to sell. He was already painting a couple of things for me, the Loteria. I had my, my whole kitchen, the Loteria. And then um, actually the first one, the event that I went to, because it was right before, the, the one that Kathy invited me was um, with my cousin, Gloria Siempre Viva. She invited me to an event in Tracy. And it was a, like a really, I was su- surprised. It was a hit. Like I sold a lot. And we sold um, his first painting there. And... At first he was a little bit discouraged. Only one. I was like, dude, but it's the first event we go to. And he continued painting more and I would bring them back. And little by little they they've been selling right now to the point that the paintings that I'm actually gonna take back are already sold. So he's mm-hmm. gonna have to he's gonna have to work a little bit harder on those. But it was just um mm-hmm. the the expression he had when I first gave him his paint. It was like he was so happy. Yeah, it was like I just told him, okay, you you won the lottery. He was so happy, Where did you find them? And I was like, I told you, we're gonna find a way like that. Um, I started Googling when I was here and and I, it was kind of hard and scary at the same time because I would go by myself. We didn't have a car back then. So I would just catch um, what we call over there, the bus. We would catch the calafias, you know, and I would try to fit in and ask questions and, and I look like a pocha. And try to get with the lingo so that I can try to find out places and it's been working out. The, the person that I buy the shirts from, Connected me to another person, and I've been buying um, other things here that I bring back.
0: Okay, so you guys just said a whole bunch of a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) A whole bunch of a lot of questions now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so, okay. So, Javier, you said that you identify as a Mexican. Joanna, what do you identify as?
2: Mexican, also. I was born, yeah, over there on the, in Oakland. I was born and raised in Oakland, but that's what I am. That's what I was raised at. It's funny because my parents didn't really teach me my culture. It was more my school, where the first time I remember going into lunch, and I, I saw the kinder, I was in, like, second grade, and the kindergarteners were like, put your grapes in here in this box. We're going to, we're boycotting grapes and this and that. But I went and I asked the teacher why, and he was all like, started telling me about Cesta Chavez and my idol who was Dolores Huerta um, she's, they started talking to us about them and stuff and you know I was really curious and wanted to know more about the culture but of course they don't teach you a lot I was in second grade uh-huh. and um, I remember I didn't know my friends didn't tell me that Cinco de Mayo was in um, Independence Day so I, every Cinco de Mayo I would always wear my skirts my traditional Mexican skirts like the Valle Folklorico. And kids would make fun of me, but I was like, "Hey, I don't care, a mí me me gustan, and I'm going to wear them. And I wore, used to wear them all the time, even when I was in um, in middle school. And the other thing that I got into a lot, and it's my favorite to me, it's my holiday, is Dia de los Muertos. Every year, I always do my face, uh, my pee my face half, And the kids at school are always asking me, and now it's like a tradition over there. A lot of the kids do it. Y no les aver once. That's what I'm really proud of. Um, but I identify as Mexican American or Chicana. So, de de I mean, yeah, I was born over there, but my parents are Mexican, both of them. My dad was uh, from Michoacán, and my mom is from Guanajuato.
0: Yeah, that whole concept of ni de aquí ni de allá, it's like you're, yeah. don't even, it's like you're in between. <laughs> yeah. You're like in between cultures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and
2: it's different here because sometimes de aquí, they don't celebrate Thanksgiving like we do.
0: Yeah.
2: Certain things here they don't it's like, okay do so we do this or what do we do? Do we go out? Is it closed here? Is it in not Mexico?
0: Closed? You're talking about: Yeah in Mexico.
2: in Mexico, uh, yeah, okay, in Mexico. Yeah. Thanksgiving, right Of course. No, no, not as big as we celebrate over there.: Yeah, in the United States. It's not as big. Here, for example, you know, in here they do Winfiend, which is our Black Friday.
0: Mm.
2: And that's when they have their deals. Supposedly do, but yeah it's 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 getting adjusted <laughs> <laughs> so um what does
0: the phrase cultural identity mean to you
1: i think uh culture if you ask me what cultural identity means to you i think it's to me it's label to me it's like trying to put a label on something to me uh you ask me what I am, what my culture is, uh, you know, I would tell you I'm uh, a Mexicano, you know, an example of this would be like saying, for example, you know, you yo siendo Mexicano, siendo Mexicana nacida yeah. allá. You know, if we have a kid, say for example, we go on vacation, we have a kid in China, you know, it, it, our son's going to be Mexicano. <laughs> A Mexicano, you know, you know I was a, he was born in another country, it doesn't make him, you know, uh, you know that. I think uh, your culture, your, your identity, I think it comes first and foremost from family, from the family unit, you know, what the values that have been instilled, you know, into you as kids, you know, by your parents, and it came from their parents, it came from their parents.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like what's passed down, uh-huh. the traditions yeah. and, you know, the things that you do with your family, and they're learned, they're learned traditions, right? Uh-huh. Yes. So, you already shared with us how your business vision came about, so your business, Hijas del Maíz. Um, didn't start out as a business right it started off just taking taking things from tijuana back to oakland and just you know people saying oh bring me this bring me that and Mm -hmm. that with javier's art that makes up hijas and maiz or do you see it as two separate
1: uh it's always been the uh to me, it's always been uh, one, you know, one thing. Uh, we started off uh, doing this, yeah, but putting cargos uh, for on one side, but on the other side, you know, we did it because you know, coming back uh, back and forth could be you know uh, pretty heavy uh, on her financially, you know. So to try to make up and compensate for it, uh, she she started like selling the shirts and and things like that, but. But then it kind of, I started seeing it like, you know, we would travel into Mexico. We would go to all these different places. And now it, for well, those different uh, traditions, culturas would inspire me, you know. And I was like, you know, nowadays uh, kids over there, they're like, oh, okay, Tommy Hilfiger or Louis Vuitton or whatever brands, you know. And just, they're just going after the name brands, but they're losing their sense of um, our culture, you know. So bringing back uh, like the traditional shirts, for example, you know, seeing people, the little kids uh, at her school, seeing her wearing them, you know, and they start asking questions. Oh, you know, that's a nice shirt. Where did you get it? And you know, just inspire them to uh, to wear them, also, you know, it, it just kind like, of like it's kind of yeah, like we're bringing bringing back a piece of a culture back over there, and inspiring the kids to you know to be proud in their culture.
2: Like yeah, you said, okay. yeah, we we started hijas del maíz, um, and it was mostly because my dad used to call us hijas del maíz. My dad didn't have any boys, and when we started, um, that's what I I thought of him. Um, and now that you know, people would ask about the paintings and stuff, and now I was like, you know what? You need to get a name, name. I just because his Instagram was just Javier. Dot seventy nine Salazar. Like you need to get a name, name, because that's gonna be your hashtag and to him this is all new and to me too still certain things but i was already used to going to the pop-ups You the pop-ups were coming up here and there but he didn't know what you to what they were mm-hmm. and uh, how people are you know artists like that's one thing that to me it's like it's kind of hard because like a lot of these girls and guys are artists they do things with their hands i really don't i just bring stuff over um it's mostly his stuff that you know it's all handmade but the stuff that I do bring, um, it's like the ones, the stuff that I'm bringing right now, which is the owls and the servilleteros and certain alcancías, they're all made by hand. We mm-hmm. connected with this family from um, Oaxaca, right? No, Guerrero. From Guerrero. And um, the shirts are the ones that come from Oaxaca, from the lady. Um, but, you know, I, I connected with them. But mostly it's it's his stuff that's all handmade. So sometimes I kind of feel awkward because I I'm not the one that creates these things. I don't have the creative vibe. I wish I did, but I I don't have that. Yeah. And you know what?
1: Mm-hmm. We comp we mm-hmm. kind of compensate each other because uh, uh, do. I don't like say for example I I create this art, but I would never like go out there and try to sell it, or I, I would just feel awkward trying to sell it. So she puts it out there, so she makes. You know, we complement each other.
0: Yeah, it works. It's a partnership. It is. So you sell uh, blue sauce, dresses, alcancias, which are piggy banks,
2: and um, what else? Servilleteros, napkin holders that have the um, Dia de los Muertos based on there, and then also we have these owls that've been like a really good seller, which where, where you put a candle on the bottom. And it's like the night light. it's cut on the sides and on top. So it's, it's a really cute one and hey, we've been bringing a lot of days that always sell out every time I bring them.
0: So do you go searching for new things or do you yes. ask what you, yeah, you search for new things? Yeah. And you
2: ask your customers what
0: do they want? and. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, sometimes, because I have a Facebook page too, um, sometimes they'll send me messages. Can you get me this and this size? or um if you go out there can you find out if this i mean they're always asking me for different things uh for example uh the other day i met a new vendor and she liked what i have she goes i want different colors so i told her okay i'm going for christmas be on the lookout i'm gonna you know send you a message and yeah send her a picture of whatever i found and she told me what colors and i'm gonna go pick them up on saturday
0: oh so you're also kind of like a dijuana personal shopper
2: yeah, that's the only good thing. That's what I like about it. That I get to shop, even though I know it's not for me, I get to shop. Yeah, that would be. It's fun. more like for my daughter. Cause sometimes, yeah, sometimes my daughter, I don't bring her, and uh, when I don't bring her, and I find cute stuff, and I bring it over, she's like, "Oh, I can model it for you." I'm like, "No, cause then you'll keep it." A couple of my shirts have like, she's <laughs> literally kept. Yeah, I I, I could but model
0: for you too.
2: <laughs> okay, <laughs> I just need to know your sizing, your color. <laughs> That's
0: all I need to know. <laughs> so we already talked about, well, I think, I think you kind of already answered this question. Is like, what problem is your business helping to solve? It's, it's helping the way that I see it. It's helping to solve kind of like two things, your own, your, in your personal life, it's helping to support this, this life that you are now, you know, forced to live. Um, By national couple and you're also bringing mexican culture you're i don't know i don't want to say like you're selling it but i want to say what did you say earlier that like when you when you wear it like the kids now look up to it and they
2: feel proud right like Uh yeah they don't feel like, like i said before people kids would be embarrassed you couldn't wear that the only time you could wear it, wasn't, it was either Cinco de Mayo or September 16th. That's the only time you could wear stuff like that. And now it's like to the point where they're having quinceañeras like that. They're having parties that are like that. And I mean, which is a good thing, but um, you know, now they're not embarrassed to wear it whenever. They're actually looking for it. So yeah, you're really
0: helping this current generation, this new generation of kids to really uh, be exposed to and also be proud of you know the handmade Mexican art through clothing Mm -hmm. and through just everyday little things like napkin holders and candle holders and things like that Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's a really really good problem to help solve so we've kind of been talking about this all throughout is like how does cultural identity affect the way you run your business is there anything else that you'd like to add
1: you know my like say for example my artwork is is for everybody but of course you know i I understand and i realize that say for example uh at the same time i could be alienating you know uh certain people that don't have my political views you know maybe a, a deported artist say for example you know uh and of course i i put my story out there i put my artwork out there of course it's uh, you know there's always people to comment negative on it whatever but uh, you know i try not to bite into the all the negativity um you know i i don't see it as a as a handicap You know, I see it more as a stepping stone, you know, um, towards, you know, I have a goal. So and that's just a stepping stone in a way.
0: Yeah, there's going to be, there's there's definitely a lot of people who are definitely not going to understand your situation, nor Joanna and why she lives and, and does what she does and But on the other side, you're both like doing a really big part in helping to educate people through the way that you're living, and that and that your that that love transcends borders and countries and families. And I'm not just talking about like love, like personal relationships. I'm talking about like your family. You you have a your Mm -hmm. family is split up. You know, and that's something very difficult to even talk about, let alone live it every single day. And the art and your business, through your art and your business, you're helping to shed light on the possibilities of what could be and what, what is. You're actually showing us. So Like, doesn't matter what happens with this border. It's there people are still going to make it happen.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, my my um, my two kids have helped out a lot, uh, Manuel and Julie. And now even if you've seen my, my niece Elena is always there too now. And one thing that I'm really proud of because of the store and, and what she's seeing and she's living with us, is that she gets to see both sides. She gets to see how kids live out here, how hard it is. Like every time we cross the border, it's always, crying because she sees all these kids asking for money and that they can't go to school and that they don't barely have any clothes like the other day we crossed over to take her mom to um my sister to to the airport she had to go back to work and then i saw like this little girl that we had saw a couple of months ago at begging for money with her mom and we gave her some some backpacks and how happy she was and i asked her if she remembered me and she said yes yeah, she did and that she loved her backpacks and now like and that's part of her culture. Um, a couple of years ago, I remember I wanted to dress her up as uh, Frida and I dressed her up for Halloween and she didn't want to. At first she was okay with it. And then she was like, no, I don't know. Like, you didn't have cute. And you know, nobody else is going to have your costume. And she was in an elementary and she came home and she was crying. She goes, they made fun of me. And she took off her costume and she went to a costume party and she dressed up as a cat, which was kind of sad. Um, I kept on talking to her and now, years later, you see all these Fridas, and I go, see, what did I tell you? You have to be proud of who you are and if people don't understand that, you got to you know, educate them and tell them. This is somebody that I look up to, I wanted to dress up like her and stuff. And now, all the kids were like, it was like nothing then. Um, also we've been uh, helping out an orphanage out here that we connected with and it was something really nice that um people have been helping me out i don't like to put it out there that much because you know but people always are asking me you know if you need if if, you, if i give you clothes if i give you this could you help us out and take it out there Or do you know somebody they could take it to and yeah i, I found the orphanage and um this year I, we've actually put it out to see if anybody wanted to help out and support we raised um 475 dollars and that's great my husband's aunt yeah, my husband's aunt um, works at a store, and she was able to get brand new clothes, socks, um, backpacks, and stuff for the kids. And they all received at least three or four gifts, including toys. And um, it was really nice. And now we still have some money left over. And right before I leave, we're going to go back in and take some more food and stuff. So That was really, really, you know, it was really nice. Even though I didn't, we didn't want to share it, we were like, you know, people know that we go, and so let's see if they want to help out. And yeah. And it was and I was really happy it was a lot of the vendor friends that I've made that, that supported us with that.
0: Oh, well, that's really great. I don't know, you know, you just like give and you give and you give and it just it's it's gonna come back to you like way more than what you're giving.
2: Well to us we already feel really blessed. We never thought that Hijas de Maíz was gonna be like this at all. And we just feel blessed every time that i go to an event and i meet new people and some of them you know or some of them sometimes i've had customers like i follow your story and oh my god i'm we're here for the stickers and this and that that like oh my god like it feels it feels really good
0: yeah yeah to put yourself out there and then people actually want to connect with you meet you and support yeah. you it's difficult to put yourself out there I think for anyone,
2: like I told you, and like, yeah, like I told you in the beginning, yeah, him being incarcerated and deported, they're like, Joanna, you could do so much better, and you know, why are you going, and you're leaving your kids, and all this negative stuff that I used to hear, and you know, I literally stopped talking to a couple people because of that, like I'll still, I'll still talk to them, but to a point, because nobody knows what we go through, unless you're in that situation, I've always been very active in trying to help out and volunteer, and you know, go to marches and all that, never did I think I was going to be in this position. But throughout yeah. the whole scenario that we've been through, you know, we've tried to look out to see how we can help people in support because even though we have it hard, we know there's other people that have it harder than me.
0: You know, it's really interesting. You brought up something that, like, I think about all the time. Going to marches and trying to do things in... in and affect change in that way and this is something that I have been struggling with especially this past year <clears throat> with all those kids at the border and at the detention centers I I really have been struggling with it because I'm just like I don't know like what like what to do what what could we do and then I've uh-huh. seen a lot of people go there like go to Texas and try to help No matter what, at the end of the day, the people in power are still going to do whatever they want to do. That's the hardest thing for me to like really, really accept because I'm a really big believer of like you do your part, and if everybody does their part, then it will make things better.
2: Um. Yeah, but how can you do sometimes your part when not everybody you know gets together and does it? When people see the negative in it, for example. Back in the days, I'm talking about the 90s, when they had the marches for the 187, that was like Mm -hmm. the first march that I ever went to. I remember telling my mom I wanted to go because they had told us at school. Mm -hmm. And um, she said, no, you're not, she wasn't going to go. And the first time that I actually told my mom, I respect you and I love you, but this is something that I have to do. It's Mm -hmm. not fair. You know, and the only thing she could tell me, because she knew that I was definitely going to do it. Um, was just to please if I saw any fights, anything going on, to just stay away, and to get up, get home as soon as possible because it was really far where we were gonna go. Uh, march around, and yeah, I did it. And from then on, I kept on going to marches. Uh, my kids went with me to the Ayotinapa march that, that um, they had in San Francisco, and we were really tired. It was a really long march, but we wanted to do something, and we didn't know how how to help. You know, some people now are putting it out there, how to help, what we can do. But not every like you said, not everybody does their part. No estamos tan unidos like we should be.
0: Yeah, and I think that a big part of it is being scared. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. to be honest, like the powers that be are doing a very good job of scaring a lot of people. And what I can see is that you're your situation or I don't even want to call it a situation. It's just like, this is your life, your life. Like Mm -hmm. the way that you're living your life is a testament to how things can be. If people really just focused on love and people focused on giving and being there for one another, no matter what. And that's what I'm learning from, from both of you. And I think it's just the most beautiful thing. Um, Remember I said I was (laughs) going (laughs) to cry? I just like, I get really emotional because I really feel that like, if everybody really, really truly embraced love, like without fear, you know, there's something that I've been telling myself because I've been hearing it more and more. And I'm really trying to embrace it is that, love and fear cannot live in the same space if you have fear you cannot have love if you have love you cannot have fear like one always wins over the other and i don't know why it's so scary for us to like really really fully choose love 100 percent. but once we do there's no fear, and I and I think that you you too you too and your family are a true example of that. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong.
2: <laughs> no, it, it's hard, but we we try to manage one way or another. There's things that we would. I mean, it's hard because my kids are getting they're they're older. My son's 23 and my daughter's 19, and it's sometimes hard because. For say spring break we want to come but okay my son has something to do already or my daughter has something to do and that's where it gets harder where we can't have a whole family together because they're growing up and they have their own thing but i still come and whenever either one can come it's it's okay my sister is now coming too it was a long time waiting but she's coming and so is my um brother-in-law and they've always supported me too with the with the pop-up so it's scary, but we keep on trying to come and and try to support him and let him know that he's not alone because, you know, it's it's hard for him to be alone out here. He has people that he knows, but it's not the same thing.
1: Yeah, it was, it was a big culture shock, I, I could say, coming. Uh, I mean, I always came to Tijuana to visit. My, my grandma used to live in Tijuana. I used to come here as a kid, uh, you know, but having to live here is like a different story. You no know, uh people you know they you hear all this stuff uh you can go to tijuana you know uh, you know you hear all these things, you hear the news you see all the you hear about all the violence uh I mean, I'm not gonna say it doesn't happen it happens um uh, but for the most part you know um it happens everywhere you know, but i mean to me it was it was it was a big uh culture shock I would say because I mean, I grew up in Oakland, so, you know, uh, I should have say growing up, like, in the ghetto, didn't, you know, I'm used to that, whatever, but here is, like, a, you know, on a whole nother level, you know, people, you know, they find, you know, heads all the time with messages on them, and, you know, it's, like, normal now, you know, but it's, like, Shouldn't be like it. Shouldn't be that way, you know. People shouldn't be getting used to things like that. The, um. To me, it was like, especially being deported, and you know, you know they they try to target the the police out here. They try to target you because you know you're deported. They think that you have, uh, you know, you have money, whatever, and then they um because if you have have a criminal record because you look a certain way, it targets you, so you know I have that against me, but I've been mean, staying out of trouble, you know, I've just been working you know, just staying with my art you know um I just stay at home painting and look forward to my next visit you know having my wife always uh support me, and you know I'm um, having her visits to look forward to has really you know guiding me through all of this you know because uh the truth, i don't know what i'd be doing right now i do not have, have that that support you know
0: well i really appreciate your strength it's so inspirational to see you know like sometimes like you know i just go through my day and i'm just like oh my god i don't want to deal with this i don't want to deal with that but then i hear stories Uh, about you and then I you know I need someone like Joanna and I'm just like you know what if they can do that then I can do anything (laughs) you you both really are so inspiring I just like I really like have no words I just I really want to thank you for sharing your story putting yourself out there and, and and I know that you're inspiring a lot of people and I know it's not easy to
1: share your story and put yourself in there. No I try I try to as as far as my artwork, you know, I try to, to I try to use it as uh uh like a way to express my political views, uh to give a voice to you know to people who would normally be unheard. Uh, yeah. You know, I try to I try to portray our our Rasa as a hardworking uh, people that they are, you know, so I try to portray people the way that they the way they are, not the way it's they're portrayed by you know, by the media, you know, uh, I try to bring attention to you know immigration, immigration to you know something that my life revolves around, you know, being here in Tijuana, being here at the border, being deported, you know, um the way I see it, you know it's. Uh, everybody has the right to immigration, everybody has the right to migrate, nobody has the right to tell anybody that they can't migrate from one place to another, you know, uh, migration is life, you know, people have been doing it here for thousands of years, uh, since uh, pre-Columbian times, uh, in order to survive, you know, uh, and ain't no border gonna gonna stop that, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: you know, t- t- ain't nobody gonna keep me from, you know, seeing my wife, uh, from getting my message out there, you know. Like I said, uh, it's just a stepping stone in our path right now. I mean, eventually we're gonna, we're gonna overcome this. You know, it's just a matter of time. Either I'm gonna get over there or- I'm not soon- coming over here. <laughs> Over no. here, tacos all the time.
2: No. I just feel like, you know, it is a hard thing for us to be doing. Um, for me to put my kids through this. But I think that all this I'm looking at it as in a positive way where if I he wouldn't have been deported, um, he wouldn't have painted and he wouldn't have continued doing his artwork and I wouldn't have been able to do this. Um, my bisabuelos um did this. You know, they used to bring frijol and arroz and trade it and all that stuff. They had their own store. So I just feel like it's in my blood and it was just a matter of time. And, you know, we're just going to try to be, look at the positive side of all this. It's hard, but at the same time, you know, we're going to do what we have to do.
0: You know, you just brought up something interesting. Usually it's the women who live in Mexico who work and sell and create things. And it's the men that go to the United States and work mm-hmm. and bring the money back. Yeah. But you are definitely not in that situation. It's the 2000. <laughs> <laughs> it's the year 2018, 19 now. Yeah. 2019, people get the yeah. program.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: But yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. And also, this- uh, you said your bisabuelos
2: cousin Actually I have a couple, yeah. I, I have a couple cousins like that. I also have um it's my cousin Gloria, my cousin um in Sacramento, her her um artist name is La Grande Nostitlán. That's from my mom's side, so and Gloria La and Paco. Yeah, uh-huh. She's from my mom's side, and then from my dad's side, that's um Paco and and he's married to Gloria, so that's how we're cousins. So I have, you know, I have it from both sides. Mm. But I was always, you know, they told me more about my mom's family and that they were comerciantes and they used to sell frijol and arroz and they used to go from one town to another. So like I said, you know, it's, it, it's in my blood. Yeah, so yeah, it was destined for me to do one thing or another. And I don't, I'm not shy to talk. But at the same time I don't I wasn't telling my story about him, how he was in my life. Now through um the store and through my kids seeing how they're proud of what Javier does. Um, they tell the story too. My daughter goes to a university and they had an event and she went up and she said, You know, can I bring my my dad's art and can we sell it here? at an event they called Culture Clash. And he did really good. They really liked his stuff and and it was really nice to be over there. And you know, now they they're inviting certain people that I have met. I go and I go a uh, Madrid with all the other vendors and he's getting other play, other positions where he's has um uh gonna be able to expose his art. Uh for example, uh Freedom Art that's gonna happen January nineteenth. They um they reach out to me and then somebody else reached out to him personally. So I guess they do like what he's doing, and, and that makes me feel really proud and happy that, you know, he's looking forward to it. It's not only a hobby, but, you know, it's a way of him expressing himself, and, and it's it's calling attention. Yeah.
1: yeah. Is it going to be raising funds for the uh, San Diego Dreamers? So I'm going to d- be donating one of my art pieces that I've been working on uh, to collect funds for
0: can you tell us a little bit about well. where your art pieces are? Can you describe some of them? Do you say that they're political
1: and educational and they're about...
2: One is up there, if you
1: yeah. see it. Yes. Yeah, so little
2: boy at the border
1: uh, one. That one's uh, a, a print of a painting that I did. Uh, I like to paint images of, you know, dep- people who are deported, uh, scenes at the border. You know, uh, I, I like to paint, for example, I painted a piece of... Uh, Of a farm worker working in the fields, my parents were farm workers. My grandparents were were uh, worked in the farms. You know, so it's in you know it's in my blood as well. Uh, You know, they say that we go over there and we we take people's jobs and and that we're or we don't work and they were lazy and things like that. You know, so I try to you know paint you know the hardworking people that i that i know and i see every day you know um also uh what i, what I like to do in my paintings right uh, i'm I'm a, I'm a lot into my culture so say for example I, I i do like a lot of aztec pieces a lot of pre-hispanic pieces so i like to uh, paint them and what, what it does right people come and ask me hey what what does that piece mean you know um it, it's cool but you know what does it mean and it gives me a chance to, uh, explain, uh, you know, to the people, uh, you know, a piece of our history or, uh, you know, something about our culture. And it, it really inspires them, you know, it, it inspires them to get, um, you know, to take pride in themselves and in their culture, you know, which is something that I think that, uh, this generation, generation needs more of, you know, uh, you no, know, I'm, being in Oakland, I think Oakland is like a big melting pot. You know, um, it's a a lot, a, lot of a place where a lot of minorities live. Um, so we tend to pick up a little bits and pieces from uh, everybody and makes it all into one. But I think it's important uh, never to forget uh, where you come from, you know. So I always try to put it in my artwork and, you know, keep it alive.
0: Yeah, it is extremely difficult to be proud of your culture, especially in the news and the newspaper and social media and people in positions of power are telling you that you come from a place that's not good.
2: You
1: know,
0: it is difficult to feel proud of that when you're hearing otherwise. And, And I mean, that's not new. It's not something that's just going on recently. But the struggle is real, but it is... Also, like I feel like I feel like it's good to struggle, because then you can really appreciate the light at the end of the tunnel. And if you've been living with light for such a long time, you may not even realize that it's light, and you don't even appreciate it sometimes. So I think yes. sometimes we need some darkness to really appreciate the light. And
1: even, exactly. I think rock bottom will teach you more life lessons than any than any school will. Yeah. You know, my on my on my struggles, on my downfalls, um, have really made me into what uh the person I am right now. You know.
0: Yeah, and I definitely appreciate you for sharing your story and to continue to inspire me and everyone else. I do have one more yeah. question though. Um. If you had no constraints at all, would you start another business? Like, what would that be?
1: I never really gave a thought as as far as starting another business, but I do see myself uh, growing. I wouldn't say another business. I would say like more like uh, venturing venturing out a little bit. Say for example, I started off drawing. I went from drawing to tattooing, tattooing to painting. You know, from painting, I started uh, created our first some, some stickers, some prints. You know, uh, I wanna I wanna do some in the future maybe some shirts, some clothing. You know, I just wanna get into a little bit of everything to tell the truth. I don't wanna you be wanna
2: expand what you're currently doing yes i think if we had the opportunity honestly because we saw this a couple of days ago renaissance man no i think that (laughs) you would want he would want to do um teach other kids like he would have the yes the art yes the painting yeah like the painting because you know how they have painting parties over there um having that but for kids but at the same time not only just any painting he would want to do something that has to tie down to the culture and while they're painting, he would tell the kids what it meant and history about it. Because he, he, I mean, I love listening to it. But sometimes even the kids are like, oh, my God, history. Here he goes. <laughs> so he's giving us all this stuff, all this knowledge that he's wow, been able to, you know, to take in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. See, how long is it going to take this time? <laughs> yeah. Which is, you know, and that's the thing. The kids are not used to it. We're used to listening to the same culture, the same things that, you know, the, the um, American history, but American history has to do with our history, but it, they don't show us nothing how we contributed to history being over there. So I think that you know kids need to know a little bit more about their own history. So I think that that's one thing that you would, we would, we would try to like get into like painting classes and at the same time learning.
0: Well, I think that's very, very, very possible. Very, very, very soon. Yeah. I see online art classes in your future
2: yeah (laughs) yeah that could be like at the school we have a um we have those perimeter Oh, i can't even say the boards that are like big tvs for anything boards um and we can actually do that we're like how we're doing this with you we can actually have him we could do all the drawings here and the kids just have to paint them and he could be telling them the story so it's something that could could be very very possible but we shall see
1: Yes, I've actually been thinking about, uh, we, we've been actually been thinking about doing uh, a coloring book.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking about doing yeah. like a pre-Hispanic uh, coloring book, you know, something, um, you know, something uh, where kids could, you know, um, play with the colors, but also learn as, as they're painting, you know, what it is they're painting, where it comes from, and what does it mean
2: and it, it came about yeah with that because we were at a pop-up event and there was two, these two little girls there and it was a painting that he had done and they were asking about all his paintings and i'm like oh, i don't remember everything i go uh, do you want me to call him and the little girls were like yeah i was like okay and these little girls were no more than like eight years old and they wanted to know what the paintings were about and um so i called him and he was like are you serious? I was like, yeah, they want to know. So he talked to them over the phone and he told them what they were, what the paintings meant. Um, and then after they found out what it meant, they were like, they told their mom that they wanted that painting. And then they were going to tell other kids what that painting meant when they went into the room. So that was actually cool. Yeah, really, really cool. Coloring
0: book would be really cool. Even mm-hmm. a cartoon, cartoon episode. Yeah just putting it out there just putting it out there (laughs) yeah no because like i see my like my son watches you know everybody watches netflix now right and everything is on apps so you know you can start your own javier original netflix cartoon series (laughs) so Thank you so much for spending the time with me today and sharing your story. I really appreciate it. Like I've said before, it's really, really, truly, truly inspirational to me, definitely. And I know for others as well. So where can people find you? Do you have a website? What's your social media? Like, how can people uh, buy your art, your prints, your stickers, and also all of the beautiful uh, textiles, the clothes and everything that you take up? Where can people find that?
2: Well, everything is going to go through me to get the stuff. I can either send it to them or I can. I, you can meet me at a pop-up or you can, um, you can connect through Facebook or Instagram um, at Hijas del Maiz. But for his paintings. Uh,
1: for, for my paintings, uh, you can hit me up on Deported Artist on Instagram. Hashtag Deported Artist uh, to check out some of my work. Um, or uh, eventually all my artwork is going to end up has and Maiz. Every time she comes over here, I send them over there with her. Mm-hmm. So it, um, if they're already done, yeah, they're going to be, uh, she's going to be exposing them. So they could also hit her up uh, di- directly, Arijas and my niece, uh to purchase.
2: Thank you, Giselle, for taking the time to, um, to hit us up. I know it's very hard for you because you have the girls and, you know, you work, and it's kind of late, and, and I know that, you know, everybody's trying to get back in the mood of working after all the holidays. But we really do appreciate you um, giving us a space and time to talk a little bit about what we go through, not only as business people, but as our story and with all the stuff that's happening in the world right now and a current situation, which is immigration.
1: Yes. Uh, thank you for the for your time and and for allowing us to to put our story out there you know, hopefully some people get inspired by this.
0: Um, yeah, definitely. You know,
1: and bring some attention to to some of the, you know, this is just one story, one love story.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, there's a lot of stories like this right now, you know.
2: Yeah, that's what I was
0: thinking about. I was like, and this is just one family. Like, I don't think that people realize, like, how many split families. I mean I don't even know if there's like a word or phrase but bi national families, split families there are just because of this
1: border. Yeah
2: we actually have when we take pictures as families we always put the hashtag uh, familias uh, familias separada pero siempre unida
0: mm. yeah familia separada pero siempre unida yeah mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. It really is an honor to me, and I'm going to continue to follow your story and continue to see you at events and stuff. Well, at least you are not. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: uh, hopefully, soon we'll be able to uh, meet, meet each other in person
2: yeah.
1: and I uh, get to see everybody, uh, you know, everybody who follows me, everybody who who uh, follows our story, you know, in person. soon, hopefully.
0: Yeah, maybe you could do like a special deported artist meet and greet or something. (laughs) Yes. Okay, well, thank you so much and have a good night.
2: Good night. Thank
0: Thank you. you. Good night. Thank you for listening to Relate and Elevate. Find me on Instagram at Giselles World and on Facebook at GM Strategist make sure to visit my website, gisellemartin.com, and please, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Hope you have an amazing day. Bye!